Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with Mike and Laurent. It is Friday, May 20th, and we are preparing for the final day of the Premier League season. That's right, Championship Sunday is upon us at last, and boy have we got a good one. In this episode, can Manchester City stave off Liverpool for the title? Can Tottenham finish their improbable top four run? And we prepare to say goodbye to either Leeds or Burnley. Who's it going to be? But first... Everton, you beautiful bastards, the blue side of Merseyside is staying in the Premier League after an absolutely incredible come-from-behind 3-2 victory at home over Crystal Palace today. Fans on the field before the game ends. That is where we absolutely have to begin. And what a game it was. Uh, Now, going into the game, just for context, right, Uh, Everton... Coming off of a very questionable 3-2 loss at home to Brentford, uh, a game where they led 2-1 and had not one but two uh, red cards in this game. They led 1-0 and 2-1 in that game uh, and ended up giving it away. Uh, Brentford obviously fighting to the very end, which is foreshadowing because they take on leads this weekend. We'll talk about that a little later on. Um, but so they're on 36 points heading into t- uh, this game and just a point above Burnley and Leeds. Now, obviously, a win guarantees them safety, but that certainly was not guaranteed, especially after Crystal Palace jumped out to a 2-0 lead early in the first half. And you have to say, uh, the second goal, your heart you had to pour one out for the Evertonians. Jordan Ayew, on the 34th minute, takes a bite, I mean a big piece, out of local boy Anthony Gordon. Uh, He stays down, and the ref shows him a yellow. Now, that is easily, upon further review, easily a red card challenge. Not even close. Uh, and, And they choose not to give him a yellow. Ayu gets up, the play continues, And what ends up happening is he becomes the man who puts it into the back of the net to go up 3-2 just literally seconds later. Um, Zaha kind of hits it a little bit. Pickford does whatever he can to get a hand to it, but it only goes right onto Ayu. Ayu, excuse me, uh, who pokes it across the line. 2-0 Palace. 36 minutes go by. Uh, I don't know what Frank Lampard has said to the team at halftime. He brought on my beloved Deli Ali, which, as we all know, probably was the difference. Um, but it really, it was it was just bare your soul time for Everton. And you could feel the last few games at Goodison Park had an absolutely raucous feel to it. You know, we talk a lot about, we've talked a lot about Brentford Stadium this season. We always talk a lot about actually Crystal Palace uh, and and Selhurst Park, some of the smaller but absolutely crazy loud grounds. Uh, And and I got to say that, you know, Goodison Park is as much to credit for Everton's safety uh, as any single player on the pitch. Um, But Keane gets one back uh, basically off of a, off of a, a free kick right around the halfway line. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a, 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 passes it around a bit like but he he's the one who knocks it in and then it's on right like i mean they take off uh they talk take off gordon around 60 minutes which has been the trend the last few games uh, damari gray comes on he's a big piece of this goal um richarlison who I, I you know i give him a lot of shit but he has been everywhere for everton the last month or so i think he had five or six shots today um and it's one of those where he just you know uh he is Johnny on the spot. He goes right out. Uh, Anderson blocks a shot uh, from, I believe, Coleman. 
And he's the man on the end of it right there. Sorts his feet, uh, nails it into the net. 2-2, 75 minutes gone. Now at this point, you're telling yourself, okay, well, Everton, now they're on 37. A point doesn't do them a whole lot of good, but it does get them closer to goal difference with Burnley. So now they're only two on goal difference behind with Burnley again. Um, So a number of things are back in play, essentially. Um, But I digress. They continue pushing for the winner. Um, and, and it comes Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who really has had a, a, a really poor year, right? Had a great start and then just disappeared. Injuries playing a part, of course, but, um, it's, this is an interesting one. Damari Gray, as I mentioned, uh, basically he pops in a, a long ball from, from a free kick and there it is. It's Calvert-Lewin throws himself right at it, pop, pops his header past Jack Butland near post and it is absolute bedlam at Goodison. Fans, not all, but a good amount of fans storm the field. Uh, it's 85 minutes gone at this point. This game is not over. And I forget who the announcer is. That's He says it's three or four times. This game is not over. This game is not over. And uh, so they have to get everybody off of the field. Crazy, crazy scenes. Richarlison ends up taking a knock, and he comes off on the 91st minute. Seven minutes of extra time. Uh, they finally end the match in the 98th, and then the party is really on. Everyone and their mother from the blue side of Merseyside flies into the onto the field. Pitch invasion, which was sort of expected. Uh, absolute scenes for the Evertonians, and I got to say, I'm happy for them. Uh, this was this was a Murphy's Law kind of year for them. Um, it's certainly not anywhere close to how they wanted it to end up, but um, there there there's just such a breath of fresh air and a relief among those fans, um, that they won't be going down for the first time ever, right? Like, they've never been relegated in the Premier League, and I think that that's really something. I mean, it's it's something, right? Uh, so so that's how we start. Uh, and, and so that's the only storyline that is settled, realistically, heading into Sunday. Uh, I can't remember the last time we had storylines at the top, at the top four, and at the bottom of the table, all simultaneously on Championship Sunday. Um, even though they may seem somewhat settled, don't fool yourself. Don't. There could be a ninety-three twenty in in here somewhere. It could be. It could be for City and Liverpool. It could be for Tottenham and, and Arsenal, and it could be for uh, for Burnley and uh, and Leeds. So, um, with that, let's talk a little bit about the Manchester City. Aston Villa game now. City will be at home, but of course, they take on Aston Villa, led by none other than Liverpool legend Steven Gerrard. You know that it had to be this way, right? After a full week of rest, because they didn't play midweek, what will they bring? They don't have Diaz. They don't have Walker. Will there be a party at the Etihad? It's anyone's guess what Pep is going to do. Um, Looking at what they had last time out, where they struggled against West Ham, right? Um, you know, they had Zinchenko on the left, Laporte and Fernandinho at center back and Cancelo. Fernandinho was a mess. We talked about it on our last episode. Um, but you don't have John Stones and you don't have Ruben Diaz. So I don't really know what your other options are. I mean, I'm sure if Laurent were here, he would say you have to play Nathan Ake. Uh, and even maybe you play him in center back. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I would think... I would think that you would play Fernandinho in the pivot, if anything. Um, but it's it's interesting because last season, in the biggest game of the year for Manchester City, they had all their all their swinging dicks, as they say, right? And they chose to deviate from the plan. And we put they put Fernandinho 
in in the Champions League final. And as soon as that happened, Laurent texted me and said, we're in trouble. And lo and behold, that's the exact gap that I believe it was Havertz uh, found and scored for Chelsea to win. Um, Now, keep in mind, a draw is not going to do it. Right? A draw is not going to do it. They go into the weekend up one point on Liverpool. Sure, they've got their goal difference, but now it doesn't mean anything. Um, they're a point up. They have to get a win or a Liverpool draw or loss. Right, That's obviously the way to the title. Um, but I don't think you can rely on Liverpool at home, especially with everybody. All the, the beauty of Championship Sunday is everybody's going to be scoreboard watching if you have to. Manchester City has no reason to be scoreboard watching unless... 10 minutes go by, and then 20 minutes go by, and then 25, and it's still nil-nil. Which, as we've seen many times, if City struggle to score in the first, call it, 20 minutes, they could be in trouble, right? Generally speaking, they do break teams down, and they do find their goal in their victory. However, it does not come easy if they get it, if they can't break somebody right through early. So um, the other interesting thing is Grealish, Jesus, and Mares certainly won't be playing up front. You've got to think... That, uh, that 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 Foden will probably have a part to play in this game. Although Grealish was really a, a boss in the play out there uh, in the second half for City last weekend against West Ham, um, but it's really it's 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 Pep Roulette as they say. And in the biggest game of the year, you never know what he's going to do. He could play Zach Steffen instead of Ederson in net. Obviously, he's not going to do that. But it's <laughs> the Pep factor here is arguably one of the biggest feathers in Liverpool's cap. We don't, frankly, have any clue what he's going to do. Uh, and and let's, let's hypothesize on something for a second. Early second half, Manchester City get a penalty called in their favor. The, the spot kick is right there. It's nil-nil. Is it Riyad Mahrez? Is it Gabriel Jesus? Is it Kevin De Bruyne? Is it Foden, perhaps? Is it someone else on the field? Never, remember, Riyad Mahrez had a chance to more or less salt away the title, all but the crying, in the 84th minute of last week's game, and he missed. It wasn't a horrible penalty. It was a good save by Fabianski, and credit where credit's due. However, he missed the chance to effectively win the title for Manchester City. So if that opportunity rears its head again, is this something where Pep goes, nope, give me him, give me him, I'll stick with my guy, Mahrez. Uh, it's anybody's guess, right? And I, I, I can't say that enough. Um, I'm really curious to see what will happen there. It's it's almost for the neutral, you've got to have a good remote game because it's it's you've all of the games being simultaneous almost when there's so many storylines. I almost wish that we could break out City and Liverpool's games, um, Tottenham and Arsenal's games, and then Leeds and Burnley's games into three slots on Sunday. I think that would do it the most justice, right? Um, but uh, unfortunately, they're all simultaneous. There is beauty in that, but it is kind of a pain. No matter how hard you try, you're going to miss a lot. Uh, I don't know if uh, NBC here in the States is going to be having some kind of uh, some kind of goal zone performance or something like that. They have in the past, um, but that would certainly be something um, that is worth keeping your eye on. Think of it as if uh, an NFL red zone for the biggest day of the year. Holy cow, that would be something. Um, so that's enough about City, I suppose. Um, but, you know, Aston Villa actually has just finished their second to last game of the season against uh, relegation side Burnley. 
They draw 1-1 despite the fact that they were, uh, well, I guess they were only up a man for a few minutes. I unfortunately did not catch most of this game, but just looking at the stats, it's your classic Burnley sit there, bunker, and do what you can, right? Uh, Villa with 72% possession, uh, 22 shots on target. They trade goals. It ends up 1-1. And if I'm not mistaken, Villa had to actually, yes, that's right. So Burnley went up 1-0, and then Emi Buendia, who seems to be rearing his head at the right time, uh, big $35 million signing, scores. Uh, he was a bit everywhere. He had, like, I think six shots. Um, you know, he he makes a really nice finish, uh, and we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, that sets it up. Is Buendia going to play on Sunday? You don't really know what kind of lineup Aston Villa is going to come out with. You didn't have... Uh, Coutinho in this game, who did come on as a sub. You didn't have Bertrand Traore. Uh, Danny Ings as well came on as a sub. So um, you've got to think that Dina and Cash and Mings and Chambers and those guys will, will play on Sunday. But uh, having just played on Thursday, does that affect them, right? Like this is what the, the, a very rare week for the non-European sides where they have to play three games in seven days, a lot of them. So um, how does that affect them? How are they well prepared for this or not, right? Um, so we'll see. We'll see. And we'll see if uh, if Jack Grealish gets his chance to win the trophy while his new his, his old boys sit there and, and watch, right? So um, so there's a, lot, there's a lot to take in there just at the Etihad. Um, going over to Anfield, uh, you've got Wolves taking on Liverpool. A lot of questions for Liverpool as well. Obviously, the, all of Anfield is going to be scoreboard watching because they can get to score 40 goals, but it's not going to matter if City take the win, right? So um, there's going to be a nervous energy, I would imagine, amongst the Reds and their supporters. Um, and another question is, uh, as I mentioned with City having their injuries, uh, you know, Liverpool don't have – well, I shouldn't say don't have. Mo Salah is a huge question. Virgil van Dijk is likely to play, but but also questionable. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold did not play. Andrew Robertson did not play in their, their last game earlier in the week. Um, I think it was Tuesday. So who is going to play for Liverpool? Now you've got to hope, for if, if, you're a, you know, if you're a scouser, you've got to hope that all of those guys are going. Um, is Thiago healthy? Um, there's, a, there's a lot of questions based on what... Is Jurgen Klopp going to be able to do um, before you know leading into Sunday's game? So uh, there's really not a whole lot to say there. Uh, if Salah does not play, by the way, uh, he'll finish the season on 22 goals and 13 assists, I believe. Um, definitely 22 goals, and I believe he's on 13. Um, yep. So he's leading in both uh, in both of those categories. Trent Alexander-Arnold's on 12. Uh, so he's got uh, he's he's got a chance to be caught there, uh, and Hyunmin Son is on 21 goals. And as I actually looked it up, looked it up before we got on the air today, um, the there is no tiebreaker for the Premier League goals and boots. So if Son if Salah were not to play and Son were to score on Sunday, uh, they would both be given the golden boot, which I find kind of interesting. Um, and that happened in 2018-19 with Salah, Aubameyang, and I forget uh, another. I think Mane maybe. Um, but yeah, so, so that's an interesting storyline to keep in mind. And that's a good segue to, uh, to the, to the North London, uh, the North London rumble for fourth place, if you will, uh, Tottenham heading up to Norwich. Uh, and the message is simple, get one point against already relegated lowly last place Norwich city. And you are back in the champions league after a few years of a hiatus. Um, 
They, on the other hand, are not injured. Uh, Romero was uh, was nicked up uh, just a bit ago, but it does not seem uh, like he's going to be out. Uh, there is some question about if he's going to be available, but we will see. Uh, otherwise, it's the same relative, relative couple of injuries we've been talking about, right? Uh, Darty's still out. Reggion is out. Uh, and Skip is out. But you're going to have Sessegnon down the left. You're probably going to have Royal down the right. You'll have Davies and Dyer likely flanking uh, uh, Romero or Sanchez uh, if, if, if Romero can't go. Um, you'll have Hoybier. You'll have Betancourt. Uh, and then the front three, right? So uh, the question I have is if Conte will start Kulisevsky, it's unlikely that he'll bench him again. There was um, there was uh, some word about him being feeling uh, under the weather, and that's why in the last game that, that uh, Lucas Mora got the start. Um, but yeah, it comes down to get a point, just a point. You don't even have to win, but I know uh, that this team is going to be coming out uh, really hungry to get one early and really start to put their pedal to the metal. Um, and imagine, and I'd imagine if they get a goal early, that they will likely look to Sonny uh, to try and get him that golden boot. If they can, if they can assure themselves that they're in the Champions League, make no mistake, uh, Kane's won a few golden boots. He wants to get one for Son. Um, so a sneaky bet might be. Uh, Hunming Sun for a goal in Tottenham to win on Sunday. I think uh, I think I'll probably be hitting that. Um, but yeah, otherwise it's it's, it's really like it, it's pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward, right? Like um, destiny at some by some cosmic nonsense is in Tottenham's hands after the absolutely tumultuous, ridiculous season they've had, um, starting with Nuno uh, going back to what. Conte comes in in November, and the the meteoric rise that they've been on, um, they've been the third best team behind City and Liverpool since that time, uh, and and they're bearing it out, right? Um, if Chelsea had not gotten a point today, then theoretically we would have gone into Sunday with Tottenham having a chance to take third place from Chelsea. So, uh, really, really interesting stuff there. Um, and again, to 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 give them their due, Arsenal. Uh, and the all-or-nothing uh, production staff will take on Everton. Everton might still be hungover, for all we know. Um, Arsenal are at home. Expect them to beat the brakes off of Everton in this game. Um, I don't imagine any Everton have anything left to play for. They won't even care. Half of them probably won't even get off the bus. The only one who likely will show up for this game is Deli Ali at this point. Um, but, uh, but, you know... The, it's effectively meaningless. Like I said about Liverpool, uh, all of um, all of the Emirates will be, you know, scoreboard watching and seeing what Spurs are doing. And if and if Spurs take care of business as, as they absolutely should, this game is completely irrelevant. So, um, you know, it's likely that Arsenal will win. It's likely that Arsenal will win by multiple goals, but uh, it doesn't seem like it'll end up mattering all that much. So, yeah, you know, I mean, we'll keep an eye out. We'll see. Uh, but there's really just not a whole lot there. Um, and then the third and final showdown in the table. We alluded to it. Burnley on 35 points. Leeds United on 35 points. Uh, both heading into final day showdowns. Leeds travel to Brentford, as I mentioned earlier. And Burnley are at home against Newcastle. Whew, I don't know. Those are Neither of those are easy matchups. And if 
And someone, uh, one of the listeners asked, who would you rather be going into the final day? I don't think it's really close. I'd rather be Burnley because it's, I, I'd say it's likely that both teams lose, right? And in that event, uh, I'm taking, um, I'm taking Burnley on the goal difference. Uh, if it was, te- you know, it's 20 between them. So it's minus 18 and minus 38 for Leeds. Um, I would say Leeds have the easier matchup if they weren't traveling to Brentford. Uh, they're just Brentford's a different team at home. Um, they're really, really strong. And and conversely, Newcastle on the on the road is is shaky. But Newcastle have proven to be you know really worth their weight uh, the last I guess half or so of the season. You know after they got all that money. Um, but I got I just. It's tough. Uh, I don't think either of them get a point, and I think Leeds go down on goal difference, which is just—it's such a sin for Jesse Marsh and and the way that he galvanized that group uh, back in March. And um, it's just they they ran out of gas so hard uh, at the end of this season, and there's just so many key injuries. You're still out of, with Bamford, Dallas, Luke Ailing, and Daniel James are both suspended from the red cards they've gotten recently. I just. I, I really I'm sad to see Leeds go if it happens, but I just don't see a way that they can nudge out Burnley. I'm hopeful, but I don't I don't know. I'm I'm rooting for it, but I don't see it. Um and you know, I was saying to Laurent, I think on our last episode, I think they'll be back right away. I think they'll yo yo right back up because they'll get these players uh healthy and, and in a full season and um you know, they'll sell Rafinha, which will hurt um, but I'm not sure that even without Rafinha that there's anybody that's going to be in the championship next year with enough quality to really give them a run. Uh, I think they finish in the top two and they bounce right back. So um, so hopefully Jesse Marsh will only be doing the, the brief uh, Ted Lasso appearance in the championship, as, as Laurent had said. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, and, and looking around uh, Europe, um, we had a final this week, believe it or not. And, and you know, I we've talked a lot about in, in right around this time last year when Chelsea and City were getting ready for the, for the Champions League title, um, there was just no buildup, right? Um, I don't, I don't know why the biggest games of the year in the UEFA schedule feel sandwiched and shoved in, right? Eintracht Frankfurt and Rangers played in the Europa League final on uh, on Thursday. Excuse me, on Wednesday. And for the life of me, I didn't I didn't know that this was happening until about 4 hours before it did. Now, not that the Europa League is the biggest thing in the world, for Eintracht Frankfurt and Rangers, it certainly is. I mean, this is a this is a golden ticket into Champions League. This is a trophy. It's a European trophy, right? It's a big deal. I'm not saying it's not, but um, I don't understand why there's not more buildup to this game as a function of the end of the year final finals. Because now you've got three of them. You've got the Europa Conference League, and even that is happening next Wednesday which is a few days before the Champions League final. So I'm just puzzled as to why you're not worrying about the same teams or even leagues really in general in some cases, but like there's 
there's no reason to not have had this game next Thursday with some teams still playing their their you know their final games of the season. If this was West Ham, for instance, if West Ham had beaten Frankfurt, they have to turn around and play their final game of the Premier League season on Sunday. I don't understand that. That doesn't make any sense. Um, so it's just look if you were to look at what the Super Bowl does, what the NFL does at the Super Bowl, and you said give me ten percent of that, you would nail it, <laughs> right? Uh, there's there's not I'm not calling for this overblown insane amount of of coverage, but just for Christ's sake, something. Right, like have a build up to to what you're supposed to be. You're giving a trophy out at the end of the game. This is supposed to be one of the biggest days on your calendar, and you just let it go by with a whimper. And I'm I'm, I'm never really sure about that. And and so in so as much as there's not much with this, there's only slightly more for the Champions League, which by the way gets about five to ten times the viewership of the Super Bowl worldwide. So. It boggles the mind why there's not there's so much of an opportunity there for pregame shows for for wall to wall coverage about you know we talked last year about how Pep's you know Pep's background story about how his mother was sick and died of COVID and a whole bunch of things that you know you really didn't think about but you didn't know about and then these this is why you have the human interest part of this this is how you get the other part of the population that doesn't really give that much of a shit to pay attention to this game. It's not just the commercials, right? It's the human interest stuff. So there's a lot there um, that they just, they leave on the table. But I should, I, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Frankfurt, go into the Champions League fi- uh, into the Champions League next season, 5-4 on penalties. I cannot say that I watched any of this game. However, I did notice that old boy, old, old Arsenal boy, Aaron Ramsey, misses the only penalty in the penalty shootout. They trade second-half goals to go to penalties. Frankfurt take it 5-4 on penalties, uh, and they will be just an absolute terror of, a. I would imagine, a pot. No, they're a pot one team uh, next year in Champions League. So actually, maybe I take that back. They'll probably be a nice landing spot for a team like Spurs. <clears throat> um, but... Uh, what the reason I was going to say they're a terror as a top three, uh, pot three or pot four team is because they will absolutely make no bones about it, as we saw in Barcelona and in uh, in London, the London Stadium. They are going to take over your stadium for the day. So, um, a lot of fun there. I'm happy for their fans. I'm happy for the the folks who who have traveled everywhere this year. Uh, what a run that tra- Frankfurt had, um, and they're in. They are in the Champions League. So. We finished today's show with a little bit more of a European roundup, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, we've talked about it all year, the end of the Serie A season. It's coming down to it, and both Milan uh, teams are fighting for the title, and meanwhile, at the bottom of the table, at the relegation battle, my beloved U.S. Salernitana is two points ahead of Cagliari for the final spot. Now, the last few games for Salernitana have been tough. They've blown a, uh, a lead to Cagliari in the 99th minute of the game to talk, to draw 1-1 with them. Otherwise, that would have guaranteed safety. They missed a penalty in the 86th minute that would have given them the win last time out that also would have guaranteed them safety against Empoli. But, you know, they've made a run. They, they're, they're undefeated in, I believe, seven games now. Let's see. Let's go back. Let's see. One, two, three, four... 
five, six, seven. Yeah, seven in a row. They've gotten at least something out of. Um, and they take on Udinese. Uh, no slouch. You know, they're, they've beat. This actually was the start of that unbeaten run. Udinese sits 12th um, with an almost even goal difference. They're on minus one. Um, certainly not really that motivated. They can't go up to uh, 11th. They can only fall as, as far as 13th. Um, so maybe they'll be checked out, and I sure, certainly hope that they will be. Um, but Salernitana, the interesting thing for them, again, scoreboard watching, they don't guarantee safety with a draw uh, because goal difference is the third tiebreaker with Cagliari. Um, the Italians do it a bit differently than the, than the English. Uh, the first tiebreaker is head-to-head. The second tiebreaker is goals scored in head-to-head. Cagliari and Salernitana are away goals, I believe. Uh, the two teams in question tied 1-1 at both parks. So uh, there's not really much of a story there. Uh, and the goal difference is minus 41 for Salernitana and minus 34 for Cagliari. So um, if Cagliari are to win, Salernitana need to win. That's a scary proposition. Cagliari, oh, by the way, are playing Venezia, the last place team. The Norwich City of Italy, if you will. So it is, wait for it, squeaky bum time for my beloved Italians uh, from Salerno, Italy. But we'll see. Uh, I've got hope. Um, they've been such so valiant uh, down the last stretch here, the last seven, eight games. Um, I think that that stadium, as little as it is, I've seen a couple of games on TV. I've watched a few games there. Um, that stadium will be rocking as, as much as Goodison Park was this past weekend, or this week, I should say. Um, and the hope is that they will be able to uh, to pull out a victory. They are heavily favored, which I was kind of surprised. I was looking at it. Uh, I've lost enough money on them, so I'm not so sure I'm going to go down that road again, he said foolishly. I probably will. Um but yeah, I mean, I think that uh, I, I think they've got as good a shot as anything, and they've put themselves in this position. And don't think that I haven't already begun the delusion that they're going to do a Leicester next season because they've pulled themselves from last place to just above safety, and they're going to reload and they're going to win Serie A next year. But uh, but otherwise, that's it for us. Uh, we're going to be back. On Monday, uh, and then right at leading up to the Champions League final on, on the Thursday show. Uh, then we're probably going to take a little break for a while, but Ron will be back on Monday. He was under the weather tonight. Um, but yeah, that was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Mike Salerno and not Ron Cortines, the football wing of the Chop Sports Network. We record on Tuesdays and Fridays, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And if you're listening on Apple, please rate and review the show so we can reach more crazy football fans like you. And come on, Salernitana. We love you. Let's do it, baby.